Welcome everybody on the internet and beyond uh, to the Low Key Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Aaron Lanton, also joined with our other two co-hosts, Tim Malloy. Hey. Yo, yo, and Keith Denny. What's going on, sir? What's happening, man? Yeah, nothing much. And today, uh, like we do every day, uh, well, every episode, <laughs> uh, we're going to uh, dive deep into um, you know some sort of topic related to pop culture, uh, its relevance to us as a whole, and, and how <laughs> kind of the goofiness uh, oftentimes it comes with American culture as it pertains to pop culture. Uh, but this one's going to have a more somber tone. Um, you know, we're actually on the sitting on the day that Aretha Franklin has passed away. Um, and, you know, it, you know, of course, for a lot of us, it's a very somber moment. One of the uh, great artists, uh, American artists, musicians, in our history, and we'd like to kind of discuss what it means for a celebrity to pass away, um, not just uh, for, you know, the collective culture, but as individuals. Like, what is it about celebrity that, that matters to us, um, and, and how do those things impact our identities? Um, and I know, you know, for a lot of people today, Aretha Franklin's passing is like, you know, just the loss of another music icon and you know we've lost a lot of them recently um including prince last year which still seems insane um so i don't know like <laughs> what what do you guys uh, as far as aretha franklin like what is some of your your memories of her like whether it's from you personally or like just you know family friends whatever that might be i mean queen of soul she lived up to it these songs that once you get them in your head, they're incredibly stuck in your head because they just encapsulated themselves so well. I mean, these, these were songs that were about one thing and it was like very straightforward and you got it. And then that was the song about that. I mean, RS, everybody has talked about respect, but it's like everyone knows what that song means. Everybody knows the connotation of that song, like how heavy and important that song is, but also like how light it is when she delivers it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like she glancingly just like, throws this out there and has total confidence in it and you believe her and you want to live up to it. And it's like that with think it's like that with natural woman. I mean, she just, she had that way of delivering a perfect song, like a perfect bullet of a song that had everything packed into it. Yeah. And these songs tend to be, they almost had a pop culture feel, but they were, like you said, the, the sort of connotations that came along with it, that every, they were kind of, understated but understood like even with respect i mean it's so much you know, no one really calls it song like a feminist song i mean like you know it's kind of omnipresent that, that that's what's what's you know occurring in the song but um she always just had a way to you know kind of take you out of that out of that that moment i mean like yeah certainly take the message serious but at the same time you can you know, whether she's elevating you in some way or um, just ha- helping you have a good time. I mean, she really had a, a gift and a knack for that. Um, I don't know, Keith, like, what about you? You got any particular things that stand out for you with, with Aretha? I mean, I don't really, I didn't really listen to her music a whole lot. Um, but she did remind me of, like, that cool-ass auntie that you have. It's just kind of <laughs> quirky. You know, she dressed a little, you know, she a little jazzy or whatnot. And, um... You know what I'm saying? She'll, she'll talk to you, you know, you're going through some bad times and stuff and lift you up. 
it, it made me think about that song she had. Um, it's kind of more. I wouldn't say it's recent. It's it's just considered to be old, but it's not like respect old. But that song, um, a rose is still a rose. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. And, and like when I see, when I can't I, sing it. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I mean, they gonna they gonna have to pay me to hear me sing on this thing. You know, do a little do walk. <laughs> but um, that song it just sounds like you know you know a woman sitting down, you know, like an aunt sitting down talking to her niece, you know, uplifting her through some hard times and. I don't know. That's that's probably one of the songs that stood out to me. I think it's one of the songs that don't even, you know, people don't really talk about or acknowledge as much. You know. Yeah. It's I don't know, and, it, and it's just interesting because I don't. There's something that's so interesting to me about you know, uh, just kind of this connection we we feel to people we don't know, um, and, yeah. and like how certain certain musicians, you know, like they might have reached us at a certain point or actors or athletes, whoever they might be like, you know, there are people who, who somehow they gravitate to us and, you know, they almost feel like people we know. Um, like it, it, to me, it's, you know, um, I don't have, yeah, I got wood to knock on. Let me knock on wood as I say this, but, um, I'm very happy that Stevie wanted to steal a part of our lives. Uh, and you know, it's just great. Like, there's so many songs I could point to and just be like, you know, I just feel like I would be transported to another place. Like, like if it's magic, like, every time I hear that, I just stop what I'm doing. Like, yeah. I just got to, like, soak that in. You know, it's, I don't know, there's just aren't many people who kind of can, for me, can, can take you, you know, to another plane. Are you talking about Stevie? But, yeah, man, Stevie. He for me, he's that guy. And um, if I can see you know, that. yeah, it's it, I don't. Know, it's just interesting because like the, to him, I mean to him, to me, like he's kind of like this guy who just transcended so many things, and like his loss in this world be tremendous impact. You know, emotionally impactful to me. You know, I, like who would that be for you guys? Like as far as like a musician, Bill Withers. Bill Withers, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. It's funny, like, I know he's not recording music anymore, and I know he's not performing anymore, but just, like, knowing that he's still in the world makes me happy. Like, I, I want him to just be enjoying himself. He's 80 years old now. Yeah. And even though I know, like, there's not going to be a great new Bill Withers album next year, I just I just want him to, like, be enjoying life and comfortable and happy somewhere, like, kind of as a reward for all the music he made. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, Keith, do you have anybody, musician or anybody, like, you know, who's doing stuff, not doing stuff anymore, whatever? You say musician, does it have to be a musician? No, it could be anybody, any any celebrity, anything. So let me think, I I think for me, the first person to come to mind is Steven Spielberg. Hmm. But it's, I, I mean, because this is just the first person to come to mind, like, and I think it's more of a selfish reason. I think it's because... I felt in myself that I was going to meet Steven Spielberg at least one time in my life before I died and like actually sit down and have a conversation with him because like, and then I think about like how for me, how important his movies were to me in my childhood. Right. It was what made me fall in love with movies. Honestly, it was made me just had that sense of wonder for film, you know? Like, Um, so what's like a a Spielberg moment for you that, that like, 
kind of stands out. I mean, just everything, man. Like, I can't. I think what really got me was um, Jurassic Park and um, Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. And of course, ET. And it, I think I, I, I wasn't like, gonna say it. I wasn't gonna say it. like ET was <laughs> ET was really impactful in a sense, but it it was just so it was like it, it came out in the eighties, right? I want to say right. It was just so much of that. It was so much of that a huge part of our childhood and like the, the feel of the movie, the the charm of it, the the um I don't know, the beauty of it and and also it, it also was kinda it had creep it was a little creepy too to me, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it's like something that you could not stop looking at, right? But it also kinda had this thing it's like it was very innocent, but at the same time it was very conspiratorial too. Yeah. And it had a little cool. of everything it, for everybody. And it was just dark in general, you know? Yeah, it's actually a pretty dark movie if you go back and look at it as an adult. You know, the mother, she had stuff going on. Then it, I don't know. It was it's, it's, it's extremely dark, but like you said, it's very heartwarming at the same time. Um, he also gave us the it's color purple. <laughs> and uh, I just recently watched, I think, I guess it's one of his last films on Ready Player One. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? The thing about Ready Player One is definitely not any of, like the best thing he's ever made or anything like that. Um, and I honestly don't give a shit about the characters, but um, it's something about the the world that they create, and it's just it's just so wonderful. It's a it's a movie that you can you can sit up and dissect it and talk a lot of crap about it, but then you still love it at the same time. Like, I'd probably watch it every day if I could. Kind of like The Meg, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen The Meg, but I know a lot of people that like it. I, the Meg don't even catch my attention, obviously. But hey, I can't make it up the three of us, Aaron has not seen Ready Player One because that movie seems like it's made for you. It yeah, definitely does. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I, yeah, I don't want to get too much into you know how video game fandom can it ruin almost anything you enjoy, but uh, I'm gonna get <laughs> it. it. Yeah, as soon as it's uh, you know on demand, I'm gonna be one of the first ones on it, buying it, you know, so I can you know get a get a good look at it and just kind of soak it in, you know, without all the all the extra whatever is going on. But I, uh, but I also want to kind of kind of piggyback off what we're saying about like why it kind of devastate devastates us so much when a celebrity dies i think for me it might be the fact that it it's something about the allure of a celebrity that you think that they're gonna live forever or they're gonna at least is it because of the idea of them i think so especially when they're an icon or a quote-unquote idol it's something about because i think it reminds us of our own mortality also you know, okay, here's a great example. When there are players in the NBA that I watch get old, and it makes me feel old. Yeah. Like, for example, people are saying, like, LeBron James going to the Lakers, right? And how he's, you know, some people are saying, well, he's going to the Lakers, but he's going to the Lakers, in, you know, as he's exiting his prime. Like, he'll no longer be the best player, most dominant player in the league, you know, while he's with the Lakers. And I'm hearing this, and I'm like, 
That's probably true on an objective level, but don't say that out loud. It makes me feel old. Like, I think LeBron's two years older than I am. And once he retires, like, that means I'm officially an old man. Well, not necessarily because athlete age is, is different. Yeah, you know? sure. Because you sure. got to think, but if you're doing I, something. I wasn't even in college yet. Yeah, it's true, but you got, you got to look at it. When you're doing something where you're using your mind, you'll be, like, like for you, like, let's say if you, you become, like, I don't know, like this, a novelist or something, right? Like, at the age that you are now, people be like, oh, he's he's the, the youngest. <laughs> you know, like, you're going you gonna to be the youngest some. It's kind of like how Ryan Coogler is 32, and he considered to be the youngest, most successful director in Hollywood. Well, I'm not going to become a Ralph, Ele- Ralph Ellison all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. All I'm saying is that it just, <laughs> it just depends. Because if you switch it, and if he's a football player or a basketball player, he considered to be old or coming out of his prime. Yeah, but so, I mean, it's it, it's it's almost like it's, it's obviously even if an athlete plays for a long time, that that might be twenty years, right? You know, for an athlete's career, but that's almost like a generation long. Mm-hmm. Like if a, if if you play thirteen years, like thirteen years in any professional league is like an era mm-hmm. in a professional league. Like you see, like it's like you went from knowing every single player. Like that's the thing. I used to watch every, you know, have a good sense of who was on every NBA team, every NFL team, so on and so forth. I can't tell you, you know, five percent of a roster nowadays for yeah. anybody. Damn near. Like I am very far out of my element when it comes to professional sports in comparison to before. It's the same thing with popular music. I used to know a lot of the new stuff coming out. And now kids come up to me and they mention whoever, like, you know, whether it's, uh, I don't know, like Tech Nine, I'm not Tech Nine, Lord, uh, 6X9 or whatever the dude's name was. Ostentation or whatever? Yeah, him too. Look, I just sound <laughs> old saying it. Like, you know, it's things, are, it's, it's just interesting because I feel like a lot of our identities are kind of tied to these these figures. And as they kind of, uh, leave the limelight to some degree. You know, we kind of miss almost kind of being a part of of what was hot at the moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, with that being said, what celebrity depth affected you guys the most, if any? Um, I know I know what it is for me for sure. I don't know. What was I it? Think about there's, it. there's three. Okay. Um, Prince was massive for yeah. I think everybody because that was completely unexpected. Yeah. Um, Michael Jackson was very bad um, because I, I mean I I felt close to Michael Jackson in a weird way just from covering I covered his trial for the Associated Press so I um, I like lived in his town for seven months or so or probably more like five months. Wow! And just like went and saw him at court every day mm-hmm. and. You know, it wasn't like a friend relationship because we were covering his criminal trial, but you know, got to talk to him a couple times and things like that. And that was—it's—it's it's just like a very maybe the most famous person in the world, and to like see them in person and realize that they're a, just a human, um, and then to have that person die was very strange to me and like almost unreal. And the other one that I was just like straight up depressed over, like like really sad about 
and this is because of the I I sort of see. This is more the like I'm never going to be Michael Jackson or Prince, but like Elliot Smith was a guy who hmm. I grew up playing guitar. He played guitar. He wrote lyrics. I wrote lyrics. I kind of felt like he's like the best version of myself I could be. And then when <laughs> that guy, with, like I'm not gonna, I can't dance. You know, I can't. I don't have like the guitar skills of Prince. I don't have like the magical abilities of Michael Jackson. Like I would never be. A, that's not something I could ever do. But like Elliot Smith is like, I could play like the easiest Elliot Smith song. Yeah. And it might sound okay. So like that one was much more human to me. And he also died really young. I think he was 33. Mm. Which, Damn, and he's, 33 he was? He had a lot more ahead of him. I think it's people who have a lot more ahead of them who really get me. Mm. I think the people going to impact me the most haven't passed away yet. Um, so nobody that's previously died death. No, no, it's not, it's not that. Well, I mean, of course, the Tim people, uh, the, the the people Tim has mentioned. Um, I'm gonna knock on wood a bunch of times now, but uh, when Michael Jordan, if if I happen to pass away before he does, you know, that, it wouldn't shock me. <laughs> but um, you know, if if I'm alive when he happens to, to pass away, um, for me that would be really. I don't know, it's going to be hard to even like describe what that feels like because I, I grew up when I was really, really young in those first three Bulls championships. I was in Chicago. And um, one of the really cool things about Michael Jordan, even just beyond his his basketball prowess, was the way he carried himself. I mean, now he was not a snazzy dresser, so I'm, that's not what I'm talking about um, necessarily. I mean, his fashion sense is kind of crazy. He, he wore gigantic suits. I'm not going to keep checking them, but... Um, the thing is though, um, you know, he became a, a business mogul, which is cool, but he had such a, a manner of speaking. Like when he spoke, uh, in front of a camera or two people, um, they, they just, they lit up, they, they, they stood at attention. Um, and he always found a way to articulate himself where he didn't sound like a fool. So it's interesting because people now, they see a lot of his, um, you know, refusal to kind of partake in like political discussion as like some kind of slight. And I think, honestly, it's up to whoever, to to each individual to decide how involved they want to be in different things. But, you know, uh, like, for example, there was a thing that happened with, with uh, Trump early. He said something about LeBron, said he, he likes Michael Jordan over LeBron. And Michael Jordan just said, you know, hey, um, I support LeBron's doing like LeBron. his community. <laughs> yes, you know, well, he's like, I support LeBron's doing his community. And people got mad about that. And it's like, damn, look, he's not the guy who wants to get involved in that because no matter what he says, the narrative is going to get twisted. You can't control it. And that's something I've always kind of been cognizant of. And, and I've always respected him for not feeling like he just always had to be that person who spoke up and said certain things. I mean, if that's not you, it's not you. And I know for a fact, despite my very passionate beliefs on certain things, it would not be me. You know, I, I couldn't be the person standing up in front of camera saying a bunch of stuff because you never get to control how people take it. Um, but he—he he, he just—I don't know. He—he he was also a really interesting figure to me, and, and that would devastate me. You know, it really would. Almost as if I knew him, and I don't. 
at all. I know nothing about him personally, you know? Yeah. Now that I think about it, I don't think I would be devastated about anybody's death. Because um, even with what I said about Steven Spielberg, if he died, I'd be like, oh, man, it's jacked up. But, you know, of course, if you don't have a close relationship with a person, you feel a little disconnected from it. But I, I think for me, the only celebrity I can think of that death really bothered me to the point, like I'm talking about I was crying like I knew this person, was Aaliyah. Oh uh, yeah, and I think it, I didn't know you liked the lead like that back in middle school. Shit. But you didn't know me back uh, in middle school, though. You know. Yeah, we were in middle school to get. Look, no, we just, no, we, didn't we, we were, and, we were know, in high school together. As, as guys, we didn't sit there and talk about Aaliyah. We we weren't. No, no, we didn't. Like no, see, I know you get old because we didn't know each other in middle school. I went to Kirby. Oh, you right? That was high school. Yeah, Damn, we knew each other in high school, <laughs> but um. I had like posters of Leah on the wall, like she was my she was my girlfriend, she was gonna be my wife. Like so, you know, <laughs> it's just your you know, your hot your you know, your teenage crush, right? And you know, I fantasized about it. So it's all this different stuff that's kinda tied in with how I viewed Aaliyah as pretty much being like I guess my girlfriend. <laughs> I, I have a, a secret that I've never told anybody. I'm, I guess I'll share it on the podcast. Yeah. My Aaliyah in college was a woman who was not even alive. It was it was Elizabeth uh, Barrett Browning. Because her sonnets were so on. good. I fell in love with her. Wow. Reading her poetry. That's That might be the most geekiest thing you've ever said. I know. <laughs> God. Oh, she could. Boy. But but it was it was something about Aaliyah, too. She had a certain grace about her, certain sexiness, like the type of sexiness that doesn't exist anymore when you see an artist, you know? I feel the same way about Elizabeth. And it's. Um, <laughs> it was just something Morning, about it. And then, <laughs> and then the fact, like, she died so young and she died in the plane crash. And honestly, I, crazy. I even think about that, like, because, you know, I, I really do not like planes. I do not mess around with planes. And I think that that might have been the yeah. first start of my kind of fear of flying, especially in small aircrafts. I'm like, oh, hell Yeah, I still, no. I'm not crazy about it. it it's not even because I, I conjure a, a Leo when I see a Well, no, it's, it's other reasons besides that. I'm just saying that that was probably, like, the first thing. Cause that's the first time I've ever heard a person dying on the plane, and mm. and it was just like, no. Yeah, it's pretty rare. So, yeah, it Tim, rare. let me I, let me ask I, you I, this. I, actually, I, I mean, real quick, if I can explain myself, I started to read the uh, Wikipedia page of Elizabeth Barrett Browning, and she's like the most Victorian person I've ever heard of. <laughs> she she developed tuberculosis. She took laudanum for the pain. She had an extant collection of juvenilia. She's this is real. This is real Victorian stuff. I love it. <laughs> Man, yeah, well, I could talk about her all day. I ain't gonna take up the whole podcast doing it, but Telly, like, yeah, take, whew, that is man, super. Could have swept me off my feet. Yeah. Wow. Now, yeah, I mean, she put, now you know we had met each other back in the day. You know, laws and shit, but you know. Still, I would have wanted it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, assuming I could read. 
you could have been you could have been a more or something. Oh yeah, man. I'll tell yeah, I'm like I said, I'm not gonna jump all the way into it. But she she was cold. She was cold. Um, but I guess it actually makes me wonder too, like so my infatuation with her being that she wasn't even alive is you know, is what it is. But like what I mean, the the we don't get to meet the you know, in a lot of cases, the people who we revere as celebrities. So, you know, why is it that their passing seems so traumatizing? Because we still get to, at least, you know, in our digital age, go back and uh, kind of experience their art or their performances, whatever they might be, their speeches, so on and so forth. So why does it still impact us? Is it just the fact that they're no longer with us? Like, you know, you mentioned Bill Withers still being present. It, it, you know, it makes you feel good knowing he's still, you know, of our world. Uh, but, but what's significant about that to you? Um, I don't know. I feel like through his music, like he's just like a good, decent, complicated person. Like he seems like I like that his music has a lot of struggle in it. Like he's like trying to work his way through things and his feelings about things. And sometimes he has like sometimes he's really positive. Like Lean on Me is you know, the most uplifting mm-hmm. song you can have. And then you've got, like, who is he and what is he to you, which is, like, kind of dark. Like, yeah. this relationship is a mess, and I'm still in it, and I don't care. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's just... I guess we all been there before. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're too much for one man, but not enough for two. Like, just all the, like, dark thoughts in that song are amazing. Um, but he always seemed like he was a fundamentally good person. Yeah. Like just like a, fu- like a fundamentally person who cared. Just and human. I don't know. I, I, you get that with Prince a little bit too. You get it, you get it with all the really great artists. It's like they're capable of seeing like the bad things and the hard things in the world, but then they always come back to the good. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I see his existence as just. Like it's it sort of just says like look you can make it to eighty years old like you can have a good life you can struggle through all this stuff and just like retire peacefully I don't know if he's back in West Virginia or where he is maybe he's in Beverly Hills I don't know um, but you can have like a nice peaceful comfortable retirement like knowing that people like you and appreciate you and that you don't have anything to prove. You, yes, that's true. I think I think another thing to add on to that I think it's also how how art connects us and goes across um, color lines and even time. Just like Aaron um, crushing over this woman that had been dead hundreds of years ago. <laughs> and, and, it, and I think that there had to have been a moment like where you're sitting down, whether you're reading a sonnet or whether you're listening to a song, where it's like a kind of an intimate moment that you have with that piece of art. And so... Yeah when the person who created their art passed away, that's, I think it's something about their relationship that you had that you felt like you knew that person because you knew them through that music um, or through or through their poetry or whatever. So mm-hmm. maybe, maybe that a, a piece of you, in a sense, dies, I guess, with them. If you did, you just said, too. I would say you just said something, I think that probably encapsulate this best. I think probably the reason... Her son is connected with me so much when I was in college is that I wanted to have that feeling. Mm-hmm. I wanted somebody to give me that kind of um, 
like like when I I saw them, like I wanted to like feel that kind of warmth, like that that fluttery feeling, like getting nervous, those butterflies, and and want to also uh, have them feel that way about my presence. Yeah. And so, you know, when I met my wife and she gave me that feeling, I went for it. And it worked out. That's great. I wonder what that um, feeling feel like. <laughs> ah! But anyway, but, but what were you know. saying? You know what's funny? The first, one of the first things my wife ever gave me was a book about Elliot Smith, now that I think about it. That's sweet. I think it's so sweet to buy somebody, uh, give somebody a book. <laughs> like she's she's the best. It was we we were sort of seeing each other and not official or anything. So for Valentine's Day, I sent her flowers, and then she sent me a couple books. And one was about writing, which was really nice, called Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott, which is a great book. Yeah. And the other was this biography of Elliot Smith. And I sent her flowers, and then my flowers didn't show up. So she was like. Oh, I guess we're not dating. And I was like, no! Damn. Like, how, wait, how'd you I, recover from that? I have, I, like, I, I, like, got receipts. I, I, like, got receipts from the flower place and everything to, like, prove <laughs> that I did send them. But it was, it was rough. It was the, it was the first silent treatment of the relationship, not the last. But, yeah. It was, it was. <laughs> Oh man! It was like some of the worst I've ever felt. It was it was bad because I was like, no, no, I did try to do this. I'd be going off on the flower people on the floors. <laughs> they, the next year they called. They said they like <laughs> they called from the eight hundred number and they're like, oh hey, did you want to send Valentine's Day flowers to like reading their list like Deirdre again? And I was like, are you the guys who delivered it on like February fifteenth? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's not us. You must, you must have another another eight hundred flowers. <laughs> That's crazy. You know, funny enough, remembering this now, my wife gave me a um, a love poetry book by Nikki Giovanni. Oh, awesome! Yeah, yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, uh, well, you know, I think we can wrap up here. Um, man, I feel like we've had a really good conversation. I'm getting all emotional and stuff thinking about the past. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think probably that's what it is. Like we're, 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 we're at a certain point and there's not a void that's being filled, but like there's an answer we're looking for. And somehow these people speak to that, that answer we're looking for. And, and they help us kind of like, you know, frame, you know, an, an answer for what we feel like we're going to go next in our journey of life. Um, I don't know, man. It's, but it, you know, it's, it's really, it's really cool, you know, and, um, I, I am happy we get to have these experiences and that, you know, more times than now, we don't abuse people into the ground and they get to, um, you know, kind of enjoy being in the limelight and then, um, let that be that. Yeah. Yeah. Anything, uh, you guys like to close on? Um, I don't think I gotta say the first woman that buy me a book. I guess I gotta marry. Her. Uh, well, I wouldn't say the first one. I mean, what's the because I mean, no one has ever bought me a book before, and they know I read. 
Shit, I like it. If, if somebody buys you, uh, uh, what is that, the, the art of, of the deal or whatever the hell it's called, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, I don't exactly think that's going to be marriage material. I don't but even know what the art of the deal that, is. Uh, you, you don't want that book. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. I'm looking it up right now. Okay. Oh, this is so funny. You actually don't know what that is. If you want to take go get a Steven Spielberg biography. Yeah, if you take hey, that'll Keith, work. Spielberg. If that exists. it's got to by this time Uh, hey by the way uh, if you made it this far please please give us a review share with your friends let them know what's going on with the pod we're going to be bringing you weekly content going forward Um, also uh, Tim has another podcast that he does it's excellent called Shoot This Now um, (laughs) where they take uh, kind of real life events and talk about how they could be turned into a fantastic film and Keith and I also do another podcast called Me on the Multiverse while we while we um, discuss pop culture, American pop culture from the black perspective. I think you guys would enjoy that as well. Um, any other announcements or things you want to follow up on? Meanwhile on the multiverse just might turn up in this feed someday. Could yeah. might happen. Look Special forward to things. So this is a yeah. fucking Donald Trump book? <laughs> You better not buy me that book. But anyway, on that note, we out of here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all take it easy out there. Okay, please. Me. Hey.